This is BT Techno, a regular podcast series for financial advisors wanting to remain at the forefront of strategy, regulatory and industry news. Hello everyone, my name is Tim Howard, Technical Services Consultant in the BT Technical Services team, a group of qualified individuals who can help you as advisors answer any technical advice, strategy or related queries you might have. Last week was episode 49 of our fortnightly BT Academy technical webinar series, where I spent the time discussing a range of self-managed super fund or SMSF investment strategy issues with the audience. Now, given the number of questions and interactions during the live session, I thought today a good chance to revisit some of the key discussion points from that webinar. Our starting point is that superannuation law specifically requires all SMSF trustees to formulate review regularly and give effect to an investment strategy that not only has regard to the whole circumstances of the fund, but includes some specific considerations as well. These considerations are found in the superannuation industry supervision regulations, namely regulation 4.09. So an investment strategy is required to consider the following specific factors. Firstly, the risks involved in making, holding and realising and the likely return from the entity's investments, having regard to its objectives and expected cash flow requirements. Secondly, the composition of the entity's investments as a whole, including the extent to which they are diverse or involve exposure of the entity to risks from inadequate diversification. Thirdly, the liquidity of the entity's investments having regard to its expected cash flow requirements. Fourth, the ability of the entity to discharge its existing and prospective liabilities. And then finally, whether the trustee of the fund should hold a contract of insurance that provides insurance cover for one or more of the fund members. Now, with this in mind, an investment strategy should not just be a document simply repeating the words of the legislation. Trustees should consider their investment strategy as a live document tailored to the relevant circumstances of their fund. So as circumstances change, so should the plan to ensure things remain on track. Now, fortunately, further guidance from the regulator, the Australian Taxation Office or ATO, in this instance, has helped trustees better understand their responsibilities uh, in this space. Trustees tend to be challenged on the requirement to give effect to an investment strategy that has regard to the whole of the circumstances of the entity, entity being the fund itself. Now, giving effect simply means the trustees have ensured that the fund's investments are held in accordance with the investment strategy and the investments and the strategy remain on track to providing for the members' retirement goals and objectives. ATO guidance also suggests an investment strategy should be reviewed at least annually, with the trustee ensuring that the document that, that they document this review, uh, including any decisions arising from it, uh, to demonstrate essentially that they have met the requirement to review regularly or regularly review uh, the fund's strategy. Having regard to the composition of the fund's investments, uh, including diversification, is probably the next area trustees need to understand when it comes to formulating and managing their fund's investment strategy. Now, this requirement tends to raise such questions as, does my fund's investments need to be diversified or is it appropriate if all of my fund's investable assets are invested in a single asset 
such as a property or in a single asset class such as just Australian uh, direct shares. Now, to answer this is simply a case that diversification uh, needs to be considered. And if a fund has a high investment exposure to a single asset or single asset class, the trustee should simply document, simply note that the risks have been considered uh, and they have proceeded with the investment based on the expectation that it will meet the needs of all fund members. Now, alongside considering how the fund might may discharge its existing and prospective liabilities, uh, expected cash flow requirements is actually mentioned twice. Uh, in Regulation 4.09. One of the more obvious situations where paying liabilities and meeting cash flow requirements would become a reality uh, is where the fund starts paying a benefit to its members, such as income stream uh, or a lump sum payment after the members met a condition of release. Now, sometimes this can be expected, such as when the member does reach their preservation age or retires, at other times unexpected, where you have a premature death of a member uh, or a disability income stream payment might commence. The requirements to consider the liquidity of the fund's investments sit alongside considering cash flow requirements. So where the fund holds an investment which may not be immediately liquid, uh, can the fund's ongoing liabilities be met by the investment returns, uh, such as rent or distributions, or irregular contributions, for example, being made uh, by members predictably enough, reliably enough uh, to insist to assist uh, in providing the liquidity needs uh, of the fund. Uh, now, finally, the requirement for fund trustees to consider whether they hold insurance for a fund member was enacted actually right back uh, in August 2012. Now, similar to the requirements to consider cash flow and diversification. There is no compulsion for a fund to hold insurance cover for a fund member. The trustees simply need to consider whether it is appropriate or not to do so. So similar to what we have with diversification, considering the insurance, noting the decision why the decision will be, was made uh, would be one approach to meeting this requirement. Well, I hope this has given you some insight into the key considerations you and your clients may have uh, to look at when formulating, implementing and reviewing SMSF investment strategies. Issues such as this are what our team loves to discuss, not only in our fortnightly BT Academy webinars, uh, but also when we speak to advisors around strategy and legislation support when formulating advice for their clients. Don't forget you can watch all of our previous BT Academy episodes, uh, plus register for upcoming live sessions which will allow you to participate in the live polls, live Q&A and discussion by heading to bt.com.au forward slash professional and following the links to the BT Academy webinar series. Our next webinar will be webinar BT Academy webinar episode 50. Uh, can you believe it? Recontribution strategies, a great new advice opportunity, uh, which will be hosted by Matt Manning, taking place on Wednesday the 11th of May at midday Australian Eastern Standard Time. Uh, from 1 July 2022, the work test no longer needs to be satisfied for clients aged 67 to 74 to receive amongst other things, non-concessional contributions. So in this session, Matt's going to explore uh, the many advice opportunities created by this change and via the use of case studies, demonstrate the potential benefits and traps to avoid. Uh, in the meantime, if you have any technical questions, 
advice-related questions, uh, you can contact the BT Technical Services team on 1-800-655-901 or send us an email at technical at btfinancialgroup.com. As always, thanks for joining me today and until next time, bye for now. BT Tech knows and now you know. Join us next time to keep ahead of the curve for strategy, regulatory and industry news. This podcast has been developed for financial advisor use only and provides general information only. It does not take into account any particular individual's objectives, financial situations or needs.